My name is Nate Mickle. You're listening to Mickles and Dimes Layer 2, where every interview is dedicated to the simple, the practical, and the underappreciated. Kellen Moore is an anomaly. As a senior in high school, he was named the Gatorade Football Player of the Year for the state of Washington. As a freshman quarterback at Boise State, Kellen led Boise to an undefeated regular season. As a sophomore, Kellen led the Broncos to a perfect 14-0 season and a number 4 national ranking. As a junior, Kellen was a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, a first ever for a Boise State player. And as a senior, Kellen wrapped up one of the greatest college football careers ever by becoming the all-time winningest quarterback in college football history. Then it was to the NFL. First, Kellen spent three years with the Detroit Lions, and then three years with the Dallas Cowboys. In Kellen's first home start for the Cowboys, he threw for 435 yards and three touchdowns, becoming only the fifth quarterback in Cowboys history to throw for more than 400 yards in a game. After his playing career, Kellen became the quarterback coach for the Cowboys, and then was promoted to offensive coordinator. In 2021 under Kellen, the Cowboys offense ranked number one in the NFL in both points and yards. When I think of Kellen Moore, I think of success. And then I wonder how. How has he been such a spectacular outlier? And what sort of simple, practical, underappreciated lessons could he pass on to others? Answering those questions was the goal of this episode. And as always, Kellen Moore delivered. Kellen, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, my history with you goes back actually farther than your history with me. So the, the very first time that I saw you play was in high school. I watched you play in the state championship game. I think this was 2005 against Jake Locker. So uh, we've never talked about this, but I'm just curious, uh, what are your memories of that game? And when I bring that up, what, what comes to mind? Yeah, we, we, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. on. Second of all, uh, it was my junior year of high school. We, uh, we had a nice little playoff run. We got into the, uh, the state championship. We beat Bellevue, who, who was a very prominent team at the time in the state of Washington. And uh, they had snapped De La Salle's long streak the year before. And so that was a big win for us. Well, two weeks later, we had to play Ferndale in the state championship. We were a little bit banged up. I just remember Jake Locke, for people who don't know, and played at Washington, very prominent first-round draft pick in the NFL, big, strong, athletic quarterback, and a very, very different body type than I was. And uh, – First play, they have the ball on offense. They're running like wing T where they run the ball a lot. And uh, he basically fakes a couple handoffs, turns it around, boots out the back door, and it's uh, he's gone. Touchdown. And uh, I think that was our first recollection of uh, this might be a long day. You know, and they, they beat us pretty good, but it, it was a great honor. You know, we got, we got into the state championship, which was a big thing for our uh, small little town. Yeah, that, that's fun. You know, nobody at, at this point knows what <clears throat> Jake are going to become. So I think people probably had a sense for Jake because he was just like a man among boys yeah. uh, but watching that game. I could tell you were special. And I, I started learning about you and I was playing at BYU at the time. And so I went to our recruiting coordinator and I said, Hey, you got to take a look at this kid, you know, small town, Washington. I think he, you know, he, he's nearby. He's got some ties here to the community. Maybe he'd, he'd come to a camp or something. And uh, so I dropped your information off. I don't think, I don't know if they ever contacted you. <laughs> Obviously nothing materialized there. Things worked out for the best for you. Uh, you go to Boise, you have an unparalleled career at Boise. Uh, I followed you closely from then on, maybe because you were playing in Idaho. I'm from Idaho. Maybe because I was undersized and, and you gave me hope. Uh, but it's been so fun to watch your career unfold. 
You've had incredible experiences and success everywhere you've been. And for that reason, I wanted to see if you could share some of the uh, simple, practical, underappreciated lessons you've learned along the way that you would want to pass along to your kids. So as you think back to your time in high school or Boise State or with the Cowboys, what specific lessons have you learned that you would want to pass along? Yeah, uh, this is awesome. I think I'll take you through like three the three spots, so to speak. Uh, first of all, I grew up in a small town, obviously, like you said, Prosser, Washington, 6,000 people. It's kind of the Friday Night Lights feel. My dad was our high school football coach, and so uh, I worked my way up from, you know, T-boy to ball boy, and that was a big thing. You, you just wanted to be a Prosser Mustang, and so uh, one of the cool things he did was that, you know, as you grow older, you learn to appreciate more and more was he had the same pregame talk every single game. And as a younger kid, that may seem boring because you, you're, you know, you want different stimulations. But he had the 10 football fundies. And I thought it was, you know, looking back now, it's the coolest thing ever. Uh, he had 10 things I could share them with you. Uh, he would always say, you know, these are the 10 football fundamentals that are essentially going to decide this game. First of all, was physical condition. Who's in the best shape? Second of all, was football position. Are you in position to make plays? Are you in an athletic stance? Third was pad, pad under pad, which basically means low man wins. So for offensive and defense alignment, who's going to be the low man? Leverage. It's a leverage game. Second one, or the fourth one is pads over feet. So that was really, uh, are you going to finish forward? You know, essentially that's, that's the version of that. Setback, comeback, which I'll hit in a minute, uh, was a big thing for us. Blocking and tackling, enthusiasm, execute, sprint to the football, snap to whistle. I heard these things every single Friday night before the game. And uh, looking back now, it's like the coolest thing ever because – Really, that's the whole point of it. The game doesn't change. It's the same exact formula week in and week out. The opponents may look different, have different talents, abilities, all that sort of stuff, but it really comes back to that. And setback comeback was probably the one that we hung on to most. And so many of us, I think, that left Prosser. Setback comeback was a big thing. Obstacles are going to happen. Challenges are going to happen. You're going to have mistakes. It's really about how you respond to those things and how you rebound and, uh, when you embrace that and when you talk about it over and over and over again, it normalizes uh, adversity. And I think looking back on it now, I think that's a big lesson I learned from there that was, yeah, things aren't going to go your way all the time. And, and that's part of the process, you know? And so, uh, you know, it's something I, I like to incorporate, you know, ever since then, you know, through college to the NFL and now obviously being a coach, trying to, trying to share that message to others. So that was Prosser. Yeah. That's interesting. I've never, you know, it's, it, I've never heard that phrase. And it's like this automatic script that just runs in your head, right? You hear it enough, yes. you think about it, like the setback will come. So now it's the comeback. So setback, comeback. I love that. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was the coolest thing. I think the biggest thing is that normalized it for us so that it wasn't big boulders in our way. It was like, no, these things are going to come. They're, they're going to happen. And so uh, it was really good. So obviously I, got, I was fortunate to go be a part of Prosser. We had some success. I was fortunate then to go to Boise State. Uh, Chris Pearson was our head football coach. And uh, for people who don't know Pete, coach at Boise, coach at Washington, one of the best head coaches in college football history, in my opinion. Uh, his track record speaks for itself. I think of two things really there. I think that was really where you recognize the importance of team and unity. And I know everyone likes to talk about it, but it was so deep into that program. And, and Boise is a unique program. You know, BYU has a little bit of this as well. Uh, guys come from all across the world, essentially. Boise, Idaho does not have 25 Division I football players every single year coming out of there. And so you need to – you get guys from all across the, the land. Uh, I remember at one point when I was at Boise, we had kids from 
Europe. We had Canadians. We had people all the way from the Hawaiian Islands to Florida to New York and Washington and everything in between. And uh, so it was really cool to see how much he valued tying everyone together. Off-season program, we had team means. I, I bet over 50% of team means weren't about football. It was about unity. It was about bonding. It was about uh, trying to be a better man and preparing you for life after football. Uh, how many times we would, we would do unity activities where really we're breaking off, we're sharing each other's stories because he cared about that. That's that's what's going to build this team. We're going to figure out the football and the X's and O's, but we got we got to build a team. And uh, training camp, we had Bronco Olympics. Super cheesy. I know a lot of people do these now, but it was real. You broke up into small groups and you had competitions, but your team isn't, you know, it's not all the quarterbacks together. It's not all the offense linemen together. It's intertwined. It's mixed. And uh, he'd call it crossbreeding. We're, we're going to be constantly trying to crossbreed this team. And even in season, Saturday nights or Friday nights, excuse me, when you play on a Saturday in college football, Friday nights, usually you have a team meeting, right? And you have a meeting and the head coach is going to give you those one last little tips and reminders about the game. He might talk for 30 seconds about the game, and he's going to spend 14 and a half minutes on life. And that was the day before a game. You can be going to play TCU, BYU, Fresno State, Washington, you name it. Um, he would have something different each week, something that like – and it was a sheet of paper. It's called Bronco Magic, and you kept those sheets. I still have those, and I think so many guys still have those because those are things that you can fall back on that are life lessons and little nuggets that you can continue to use – throughout your life. And I think that was the coolest thing about that place. Really. It was about the team and everyone drank the Kool-Aid, everyone buy it in. And, uh, and that was really, really big from an individual standpoint, his, his words that always stuck with me was be here now, be here now. And that was about being present, being in the moment, not worrying about all the what ifs that could happen in the future, not worrying about all the things that happened in the past, good or bad, but just be here now and focus on the task at hand and that was the next nugget I thought that I took from that state standpoint uh, with Chris Peterson. Yeah, it's so cool to hear, you know, every coach is trying to create this team environment, uh, but you have to design the program. To, you have to design the elements in order for that to happen. And so to hear about that crossbreeding and, and then to hear, you know, that every Friday night, you know, he really does care about you as people. Uh, I just, every, every time I see a story about coach Pete or, you know, an interview with him, I, I love to follow him. Cause I know he's a, you know, he's a great man that done some, just had incredible success as well. So very cool here. Yeah. Our third spot really is the NFL. And, uh, I was fortunate to play for six years in the NFL. Uh, this will be my fifth year coaching. And so I've been around it for 11 years, uh, spent three years in Detroit, uh, three years playing in Dallas, then transitioned right into coaching in Dallas. And uh, I was fortunate. I had a lot of success in high school, obviously. In college, we won a ton of games. And then you get to the NFL, it's the best of the best, and it's hard. It's really challenging. And you're trying to always find a way, how can I stay on the roster? How can I compete at the highest level? How can I find a way? And uh, I got to my fifth year, 2016, Um I played a little bit in 2015. Finally, that was, that was my first chance. And so I was in a position where I felt like I might be able to take advantage of an opportunity here. Tony Romo is our starting quarterback in Dallas. I'm the backup. We drafted at the time a fourth round quarterback. Not a ton of people know who he is at the time. And uh, something I got a chance here, you know, go through the whole offseason program, feel like I'm playing some good football, doing well. And the fourth practice of training camp, August uh, 2nd, I believe, August August 2nd or 3rd, uh, I'm throwing a routine ball, 
the offensive guard kind of gets beat pretty good and ends up falling back on me. I break my ankle. So I break my ankle, uh, quickly realize, okay, this is not a casual injury. This is going to take four or five months, whatever it may be. And this is going to be a long thing. It settles in, you set in, you start recognizing, okay, I just missed my chance. I just missed my opportunity. Uh, fast forward even a little bit, two weeks later, Tony's playing in a preseason game, gets hurt. Uh, he gets kind of hit from behind, breaks his back. So now we got to th- put this rookie quarterback in. I'm sitting there on a couch, your legs up. Everyone who's gone through injuries have this, have these moments in their life. Uh, and you're sitting on a couch, you're watching your team on TV. And there's a rookie quarterback and you just view like that was my opportunity right there. And I'm, I'm sitting on this couch. Uh, so week one, we're starting against the giants and uh, that quarterback was Dak Prescott. So uh, first of all, I think things happen for a reason in life. Uh, I firmly believe in that because what the injury led me into is really where I am today. And the first thing, and one of the biggest things to me was the mental side of life. And we have a, he's called a mental conditioning coach, Chad Bowling. He works for the Yankees and the Cowboys. Not many people know who he is. He's a very prominent person. Uh, he is one of the best of the best. And I've always been into the psychology of sports, the mental side of it, but I feel like sometimes success makes it easy. Right. And then you go into a situation now where you're watching someone else take advantage of the opportunity. You're injured. You don't know what's next now because of these circumstances. And so I finally call it caved in, finally embraced the mental side of this thing and the mental conditioning. I, I I remember sitting in a meeting, Chad showing highlights of Derek Jeter going through his injuries, Kobe Bryant going through his injuries, going through all these, and finally recognizing like, I can't train my legs right now, but I can train my mind. And there's going to be a process that goes through with this injury that you're going to have to learn about yourself and you're going to go through some challenges. And so I finally opened up to that side of the game. And ever since then, I think it's been something that I've 100% embraced and I've tried to every single guy, whether we have an offensive meeting and I have a chance to talk to the group, I'm going to try and encourage them to meet with Chad to spend time on the mental side, I think, because it's so huge. He talks about two couple of lessons I always got from him was the word neutral. And it's a little bit of be here now, but it it was a new mindset. It was really in every single moment. How can we get our mind back to neutral? And he also first recognizes that there's positive and negative emotions. And we are going to navigate between those two. And we're going to have positive moments and we should have some positivity in our life. There's going to be some negativity at times too. But how can we evaluate things that when they go to positive and negative, how can we get back to neutral for the next moment, the next play, the next opportunity? And so that's been something that I've tried to embrace. It's always hard. We're, we're, we're emotional. We feel emotion. So it's it happens. But how can we always try and help ourselves navigate that that positive, negative emotions to find that neutral? Because that's really ultimately where we are. If you've made 10 threes in a row, doesn't really change what the 11th three is going to look like. You got to get back to neutral because it is what it is. If you've missed 10 in a row, you got another one. Okay, stay in neutral right here and take that shot the exact same way. And so that's been a big thing for me. Uh, He obviously embraces that side. And so I think as a team and as myself individually recognizing how important the mind is to to football, to sports, to life, uh, just recognizing those those importances. And so uh, I've been fortunate in the NFL to be around different people like Chad. And uh, it's been a really, really awesome experience. You know, really cool to hear you embrace this, you know, setback, comeback mentality. You know, you you could have. Uh, you break your foot and, you, you know, you, you could have 
kind of down the toilet mentally, but instead you look at it as opportunity. How you, how can you come back from that? And, and this sports psychology has become really interesting to me. I got my PhD in organizational psychology, uh, but there's so much uh, relevance to sports psychology. And I really like this idea of coming back to neutral and being present. Uh, you know, I don't know how you've been, you've, you've had incredible success doing that throughout your career. You know, I've watched you, uh, you know, down six, you got to drive the length of the field, you got to score and you do it or fourth down, you don't complete a pass games over. Uh, you had an incredible ability to stay calm and do that. And I can only imagine how much more this is helping now having the sports psychologist. So uh, just want to uh, wrap up, Kellen, tell you, thanks so much for coming on. As you know, the model for the podcast is simple, practical and underappreciated. And I think you typify that in so many ways uh, because, you know, you don't go around telling people how much you've accomplished. I was, we were playing pickup basketball uh, last spring and you threw me this like cross court bounce pass where you threaded the needle and it shocked me. Like it, it was like so precise. I was like, well, how do you do that? And then I remember like, oh, you know, you're like the all time winningest college quarterback. Like that was easy for you. Uh, but point being, you know, you're very grounded. Uh, you're not trying to tell everybody you know, how much you've accomplished, but you do perform and I uh, can't wait to see, you know, what you keep doing. Your career's not over and I look forward to following you. And uh, thanks again for uh, coming on today, Kellen. Thanks, Nate. This is an awesome program. I think this is what is special about when people give you platforms like this. It's really life's about people and surround yourself with great people. And so I think this, this is an opportunity for people to listen, to hear from different vantage points, different views. I think it's really, really cool. And uh, I love what you're doing, Nate. Thanks for listening to this episode. When someone as successful as Kellen Moore shares what he thinks is important, I think it's worth listening to. And what jumped out to me is that as Kellen described the three different time periods of his life, high school, college, and the NFL, he mentioned three different mentors he had. First, his dad, who taught him the 10 football fundies and the importance of setback, comeback. Second, Coach Peterson, who taught him how to create a team, but also how to live a great life through the Bronco Magic Sheets. I'd pay money to see those sheets. And third, Chad Bowling, who taught Kellen the value of neutral, and helped Kellen use his injury as a springboard for the next phase of his life. In the words of Kellen, life is about people and surrounding yourself with great people. And though we may never fully appreciate all of the reasons Kellen has been so successful, I think he tried to demonstrate the answer in his simple, unassuming way. He surrounds himself with great people, and he learns from them. It's a simple idea. Please take it seriously.